Revolution Sports Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Wood. Thank you for joining us today as we're looking at week three of college football. It's finally made it to week three. I know they've got a lot of good games that's been going on over just the first two weeks of the season, but week three looks to be no different. Got some big-time matchups. We'll be talking about the Alabama and Florida game, a rematch of last year's SEC championship, and what the uh, the fallout from that game could be, and also the Auburn-Penn State game, uh, just the uh, the in terms of national importance and how that game looks because there's not really obviously there are two separate conferences there so not too much affecting that aspect but looking at the rest of the, the other two games we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Arizona State and BYU and then Michigan State and Miami I'm going to start off with Michigan State and Miami just to kick us off and looking at this game this is supposed to be this is this one's going to be at Miami and for Miami they they got to figure something out right now they have struggled to they really struggled to start this year i don't care if they're they're in the top 25 i don't care that a lot of people look at them as you know just getting off the ground they'll be all right they'll be able to figure it out that that doesn't that doesn't work for me you can tell for me the eye test is a big part and i know that plays a big part later on especially with with um with the college football playoff committee and what they look for later on during the season and how a team looks. But just I always go straight from the eye test early on because obviously no one's really – there's only a few teams that's really played anybody, like, of importance. And I know Miami has played Alabama, which is a game of importance. And if you watch that game, they look absolutely terrible. They were – you know, receivers running right by their secondary. They were giving, them, giving the receivers 10 yards cushion. Their offense was not able to get anything going, which is definitely surprising considering they are returning veteran quarterback Derek King, who many thought was going to be able to have an impressive season and actually, you know, maybe take Miami to that to that next step. I mean, they started out the year ranked in the top – the top 15 so obviously plenty team plenty of people thought they were going to do a lot more than what they have so far but and the, the problem for them is for Miami it, it doesn't get any easier because this week you got Michigan State coming in and Michigan State has definitely been somewhat of a surprise this year you look at how they've played overall and they I mean I know they haven't played anybody of importance but like I said you go to the eye test and you look at it and they've looked they've looked the part in terms of being a possible you know Big Ten you know, contender later on. And the reason why I say that is you look at it, they're between their running game that they have where they're averaging almost 300 yards a game right off the bat, and then you look at their quarterback who's done a good job considering that Michigan State hasn't had like a, a real big quarterback in terms of uh, production-wise over the last couple of years, but he's done a real good job. He hasn't made any mistakes that's, you know, been – anything major but between their running back Kenneth Walker and their like I said their quarterback Peyton Thorne they just they've been able to have big explosive plays their offensive line's been able to to move to move the defensive fronts they played against being able to get them some extra yards and obviously you're doing that if you're getting 300 yards a game on the ground so I think that's also going to be a big factor into this this Miami game and talking about what we're looking at and and just the matchups you're looking at the thing the one that's got to matter for Miami and just just in terms of how this whole game is going to play out is going to be that Miami defensive front versus this Michigan State offensive line cuz i really think this Miami defensive front is about the only chance they got cuz i don't see their offense is going to be able to put up huge numbers i don't see their secondary in ter- in the in the backfield of the de- <clears throat> of the defense i don't think they're going to be able to hold up and be able to blanket receivers so everything's going to come down to this defensive front and if they can 
get some pressure on the, on Michigan State's quarterback, if they can move that offensive line back and be able to stop the running running game, then Miami will have a shot. But, that, I mean, obviously you're asking for a lot with that because they haven't been able to do that all year. And you're going to go up against one of the most physical fronts in college football in Michigan State. And, obviously, that's exactly what Michigan State wants to do. And that was obvious when they brought in Mel Tucker, who – former defensive coordinator at Georgia, former head coach at Colorado over the past couple of years. And you could see it when he was the defensive coordinator at Georgia. He was obviously very – he the defenses were very physical. Obviously, that's smarts. You know, that plays in the house. Kirby Smart coaches as well. But he just had each and every defense from that Colorado to Georgia. They've all looked super physical, and that's translated to just both sides of the ball because that's just how he likes to play. So – He's obviously got them right where he wants them in terms of physicality, and I think he'll definitely be able to see them move this Miami defensive front, which a lot of people are, you know, questioning if that's going to going to happen. I definitely think that's going to happen, and I think this game, honestly, it it may it may be close for a little while, but in turn, in in what I think is going to happen, I think you'll see Michigan State slowly. They're not going to be like explosive and throw up five, six hundred yards on you in, in that aspect. But I think what they'll do is it'll be midway of the game, you know, midway about third quarter. They'll turn it on. They'll get a couple extra scores. They'll get some turnovers out of out of Miami. And I think Michigan State will end up walking out of Miami with a thirty-one to twenty-one victory, and they'll walk out of there three and zero to start on the season. So that's definitely a good look for Mel Tucker and for that Michigan State program starting 3-0 and this year when nobody's – I mean, they're out of the top 25 still right now. So you'll definitely, I think, see them in the top 25 beginning of next week, and they definitely should with the way they've, they've looked. If they can, like I said, if they can pull this win off, which I fully expect them to do. All right, next game up, we got Arizona State versus BYU. This one's got number 19, Arizona State versus number 23, BYU. We're both looking they're, – they're both looking to continue to, to make a name for themselves and give themselves an opportunity later on down the road. And I know this game doesn't have importance in terms of conference or anything like that since BYU's an independent, but – this is a big game for Arizona State, trying to, like I said, continue to move up and trying to be able to, you know, put themselves in that potential spotlight later on in the, in the, in the Pac-12 and what they're looking to do. And for BYU, this is also important because you don't have conference or you know you don't have a conference or anything like that. So you definitely got to go out there and you've got to perform and you've got to continue to move up in the national spotlight if you want a shot of any, you know, New Year's Six Bowl anything like that to progress your program along. And Looking at this though, for Arizona State, they've been they've looked good in the first two games of the season. They haven't played anybody, but for, like I said, I test. You look at that; they've looked they've looked the part. They got a real strong pass rush again this year. Their running game has been good, and that's been a lot in part to their quarterback Jaden Daniels being able to get out of the pocket, be able to scramble. And just the last game, I mean, against UNLV, he had 125 yards rushing. So for them. That's good. Now, the only thing you question in that, BYU is going to have a hard-hitting defense. They're going to go after guys. They're going to be all up in your face. And you kind of worry about, you know, injury potential if your quarterback is running that much where he's running for 125 yards a game. So uh, not not a game, but just like he did last week. And so if that happens and he ends up getting an injury, you know, are you in trouble later on afterwards? Who do you have on that bench? So that's one thing to potentially look at. But on the defensive side for Arizona State, that pass rush looks really good. They're going to be able to get after the the BYU quarterback who hasn't made any, any mistakes yet. He's looked the part, and which has been really good for BYU considering that they are in a transition to him being the new quarterback from last year. 
but on the other side, we look at BYU. They looked really good in their win against Utah last week. A lot of people thought Utah was going to win and potentially contend for the Pac-12. Obviously, that doesn't look like it's going to be the case. Or that could just be because BYU is better than everybody thought. BYU moved up to 23 after that win, and they're looking to go 3-0. and So a lot of this is going to come down to just – which defense I think is going to be able to get stops and being able to to make those you know momentum plays and be able to change stuff up and for I think the, another big factor that's really going to play into this and I think that ultimately is going to decide the game because I think both of these teams match up really well in how they play so I really think what's going to it's going to come down to in this game is just the home field advantage that BYU is going to have and anybody who watches college football proactively and loves the game and keeps up with anything they can. I know BYU plays late at night a lot, but they have a great home field advantage. The fans are going to be rocking, you know, full stadiums again this year. And I think that's just going to give BYU just enough edge to be able to slow down that Arizona State rushing attack and be able to get after their quarterback and possibly force a mistake. And I don't know, BYU just does a really good job of, of managing what they want on offense, and like I said, their defense takes care takes care of business. So as long as their offense doesn't turn the ball over, they got the home field advantage. I think they'll end up winning this by a field goal, ended up winning 24-21. to 21. So that's what I got for that game. That game's going to be on tonight at 10-15 on ESPN, and should be a good one. So, so some late-night football over there, so... Next game up, like I said, this is a major game in, in, in terms of national importance. You look at you got number 22, Auburn, versus number 10, Penn State. This game's going to be at 7.30 tonight on ABC. And like I said, this game just has a lot of national importance. Like I said, there's no conference. Big Ten versus SEC, you don't have any of that. So looking at this, you're, you're really going to be looking at how well this Auburn offense performs against this Penn State defense and I think with that you're going to be looking at the matchup in terms of the defensive front versus Auburn's running game Auburn's running game has been great to start the year which we all kind of considered it might be with Tank's big Tank Bigsby returning and obviously you got a dual threat quarterback back there with with Bo Nix so that obviously helps but I don't think anybody thought they would be this good now me personally I thought their offense was going to be great this year some people you know, did not think so. They didn't have them in the top 25 to start the year. I had them in my top 25 just based off of their offense. I didn't know what their defense was going to present, but it, it has looked better than what many of us thought Under with Derek Mason being the defensive coordinator there. So it's definitely looked a lot better than what many, many have thought. And But their offense has looked absolutely awesome just the first two weeks of the season where they've put up 60 points in, in both their games. So. If you're you're Auburn, you, I think you like your chances in this because while Penn State's got a really good defensive front and their defenses look great against Wisconsin and look great last week and their their cupcake win, I think it is a I think you just got to like your chances because you got like I said you got two uh, two potential threats you got Bo Nix and then you also got Tank Bigsby and they also got a backup running back who's going to be able to come in and take some pressure off of off of Tank so he won't have to continually just you know rush run the ball 30 times a game he'll be able to just get you know his 15 20 carries get some yards get out get some rest and then they'll send the other guy and do some work and they'll you know that way no they both stay fresh and you don't have to worry about getting tired and worrying about him slowing down later in the game you don't have that problem if you're Auburn so being able to con- continually throw something at the Penn State defense I think is going to be really good for them 
On the other side for Penn State, you're looking like I said, you know you got a defense. I you're, you're if you're on defense, you really got to slow down that rushing attack and force Bo Nix to have to throw the ball 30 35 times a game. And if you can do that, Penn State will be in a good spot because while Bo Nix has improved and I'd definitely like to see his his development from last year to this year, there's still you're still wondering how he's going to perform in a big game like this against a really good defense. If he's going to be able to keep the turnovers down, not run out of the pocket instantly as soon as it, you know, as soon as it collapsed, be able to slide up in the pocket and be able to make a throw while someone's coming at you. So that's what you're looking at if you're looking at Bo Nix. And if you're this Penn, like I said, if you're this Penn State defense, you want to try to be able to get him into throwing situations on third and long where he has to make a throw. And if you can do that as Penn State, you're, you're like I said, you're in good good shape. But ultimately, that's what it's going to come down to on defense for them. Now, offensively, you've liked what you've seen from Penn State. You know, you had them have go – they had 16 points against Wisconsin. Everybody was kind of like, okay, how's this offense going to look, you know, the rest of the year with Sean Clifford being the being the quarterback. But the thing is, I think this is what a lot of people miss with this Penn State offense. Their defense is great, so you don't have to, you know, you don't have to overly stretch yourself in on the offensive side. So – the think the biggest thing for them is just not turning the ball over. Last year they started out 0 and 5 to start the year and like I said there's a lot of different factors that go that went into last year not having fans, covid policies, all that. There's a lot going on, but their biggest problem during that 0 and 5 stretch was turning the ball over constantly, multiple turnovers a week. Just and when you do that you set up teams up with good field position you, and you ultimately have a problem and keeping your offense on the field, your defense wears down. You got that type of problem. They haven't had that this year, and I don't think I don't think there'll be too much of that for them this year because that's what they've really stressed. They haven't even turned the ball over once yet so far this year. This year, and that's in large part to seeing the development of Sean Clifford and what the offensive coordinator has has done there. So, whatever team can really force a turnover, whether this Auburn def- defense is going to rise up and look look the part like we're. We've seen them do a good job against these two cupcake teams they play, but we're looking to see how they do against a high-level offense and a high-level competition. So whichever team that can really force turnovers whichever way and whichever team can manage the momentum swings best is going to win this game because it's going to be a f- fun, fun environment to watch this game because you got the whiteout at Penn State. They haven't done it since 2019 due to COVID last year. They didn't have fans. You're not going to do a whiteout when you only have about 10, 20,000 fans there. So... They're they're doing that again, and if you've watched a wideout like they did against Ohio State, and they've done against all these other teams, it's one of the most fun environments to watch. The fans love it; everyone gets involved. It's just a sea of white that you get to see. So, if you're a college football fan, you love this. If you're the one of the two team, you know, fan of the two teams that are playing, you're definitely going to love this as well. So, fun, fun environment. But ultimately, ultimately, I think Auburn's offense is going to continue be able to move the ball down the field. I think they're going to do a good job and get what they want. Um, Penn State, I think they'll be able to score some as well. But like I said, it's going to come down to which defense can make plays, which team can manage the you know the momentum swings and can can ride it out and battle that adversity. So I got I got an upset in this one. Many people probably won't agree with me, but I got Auburn winning twenty eight to twenty seven on a on a you know a late touchdown to win that game. So I think this is going to be a fun one in terms of national importance. Though if Auburn can win this, they shoot themselves up in the national national rankings and it gives them a shot to potentially challenge in the SEC West this year. If they lose this, you can see them fall on the, you know, second or third in the SEC West rankings cuz I think that's where you'll see them at if 
if they don't win this, because you got to be able to win this type of games if you're going to be able to beat some of the uh, other teams that are in the SEC West. So this is about the same type of, I would say, caliber level of team you'll play um, that are going to be competing for those spots. So if you're Auburn, this is a huge game and showing that you're there and that you can compete this year. Now, on the other side for Penn State, if you lose this, like I said, either one, if you lose this, it doesn't kill your chances the rest of the year because it's not it's non-conference. But, like I said, this is huge for making sure that you're in the national spotlight and that you look like a team that has a shot later on down the road. So it's going to be a fun matchup. But like I said, Auburn 28, Penn State 27. I'm going to win this on a, on a last couple of seconds touchdown. So that's my prediction. I'm sticking to it. And um, Hopefully my picks are better this week than last week. Last week I think I went 1-3. and three, So it was, it was terrible last week. But last week was a lot of upsets and a lot of different action that happened. But last game up, I know a lot of people have – named the Auburn and Penn State game the game of the week but for me it's this Alabama and Florida game and the reason my reasoning behind that is this game right here not only affects the national you know perspective it also affects the SEC standings and what goes on with that so starting off talking about Florida I think this game is obviously more important for them because if you lose this game you're already down one game in the standings to Georgia and the SEC East and you already drop a game in terms of national importance. You've, you've played two cupcakes. You're trying to show that you can win a game and compete against a big-name team like Alabama. And if not, I mean, you're going to fall down the rankings. You're just going you're not, to you're not, have a hard time the rest of the year being able to show that you're a high-level team. So they, they can't lay a goose egg in this. But if they can compete and they can keep it close and potentially pull off an upset, it really helps their chances and definitely puts Georgia on notice that Florida can definitely comp- can possibly compete with them. But for – all of that to happen, their defense is going to have to have one of the better games that they have played under Todd Grantham. Everybody knows Todd Grantham. He's been around a lot of different places. You've had him at Georgia. You had him at Louisville. you got him here at Florida now. And his defenses have always been pretty decent, but they have never been able to finish the job, I guess you'd say. And a lot of people know what's called third and Grantham. That's where you have Basically, it's be third and long, third and 20-something, third and 15-plus, whatever you want to say, uh, whatever number you want to throw out there. And somehow that offense finds a way to break down that defense, and their defense just gives up a momentum-swinging third-down you know, conversion. And if you're playing a team like Alabama, you cannot have that happen whatsoever. And if you give Bryce Young you know, an opportunity to go from third and 15 to move, you know, hitting a big play and move down the field, give them some, some momentum – this Alabama team's going to be able to go up and down the field and going to score, and this is going to be a long afternoon for this Florida Gators team. So this defensive front has really got to step up. they got to put some pressure on them. The secondary has to be able to blanket these receivers. It's definitely easier said than done when you got the type of receivers that Alabama has, but they got to be able to get pressure on Bryce Young. I think that's going to be key for them because this is Bryce Young's first true road game as a starter. So if he, it's going to be interesting to see how he manages the – the the crowd and just the whole you know pressure that's going to be on him for m- managing a road team in that type of environment. So definitely looking to see how that goes. I think he'll be fine. Honestly, I think he'll have a great game. Uh, Bryce Young has shown that he's he's not your typical first year starter. If you looked in the first two weeks, and while Alabama hasn't really, I don't think Miami's a good win for them. I don't think it'll look like a good win later in the year. They didn't. They played Mercer week two. They blew them out. So. Nothing too special, I think you say, in who they played. But like I said, eye test shows that they look the part. Alabama's Alabama. They're going to be fine. So 
Bryce Young, as long as he can stay cool, calm, collected, be able to hit a couple throws on third down, break down that de- that Florida defense, I I really think they'll be fine on that side of stuff. Now for Florida, they're on their their defensive side. If you like, I said they got to have a game plan that really matches up with this. And I've seen a lot of teams do this a good bit more this year. Is sit back in a zone defense and be able to just as soon as the pass hits be able to go and shut it down and give them just short gains Clemson did that against Georgia Georgia also did that against Clemson in that first matchup Um, Oregon kind of baited Ohio State into some of that Ohio State tried to play zone in that but got beat so I mean obviously you got to change change up how it goes but I would like to see Florida start out in that zone make Bryce Young hit the the check down throws you know make him throw it short conversions short plays and try to just stop them that way because if you just play them straight up man i don't know how you defend mechie one-on-one so for florida i think that's what you got to do and we'll obviously see if it doesn't work obviously you switch out of it but i think that's a good way for florida to start and i hope that's the way they start to to at least give us a good game definitely want to see a good game on the flip side of stuff alabama's defense versus this florida offense dan mullins finally he just got to pull the trigger he's been going back and forth between emory jones and anthony anderson for anthony richardson excuse me for the for the starting quarterback well he's kept emory jones as the starter but we've all seen anthony richardson just come in and light it up dual threat being able to run and pass super athletic he's got the arm he's got he's got the explosive explosive play uh quality to his game so for them i don't i don't think they're going to be able to win this game if they just ride it out with emory jones it's time for dan mullen to pull that pull that you know pull that trigger and put anthony richardson in and allow him to try to create explosive plays against this Alabama uh, defense. This Alabama defense has looked strong. Their fronts look good. Their linebacker position is now, you know, taking a hit with a couple of injuries. So they're going to have to be able to attack them. They're going to have to be able to attack them fast. And I just don't see how you do that with Emory Jones. Now, he's not a bad quarterback, Emory Jones. It's just he doesn't have that star that star quality. And you feel bad for the guy considering he's been there for the past three years and he's, you know, waited his turn to be the starter behind guys like Kyle Trask and, you know, people of that caliber. But it's... It's just when you look at it, he just doesn't have that explosive quality that you need to be able to win big-time games in college football. And while it's only been two games, Anthony Richardson shows that he has that type of potential. So if you're going to beat an Alabama defense and an Alabama team as a whole, you're going to have to have guys that have that star quality that can go out there, that can show that moxie, that, that poise, that talent, and go out there and just attack them down the field and create plays with their not only with their arm but with their feet. And he's got that potential. So... Dan Mullen's got to do that. He's going to have to have a, a good play, you know, good plays ready, some plays to attack this Alabama defense. They're going to have to make sure they get into third and short and not third and long and have to be able to throw the ball because they really haven't completed, even with Anthony Richardson, they haven't really completed, you know, just large chunks of yard, you know, large chunks of passing plays throughout the game. So for them, I don't think this is going to be any different. They're going to have to lean on that rushing attack, but also, like I said, give Anthony Richardson chances to roll out of the pocket, be able to create something with his with his deep ball, be able to create something with his feet, because I don't think you're going to see a high um, dose of passing plays from them. So it's going to be interesting to see what Dan Mullen does, because obviously everyone knows he's a offensive genius, like he's like he's done just throughout his whole entire career, wherever he's been at. So this is going to be a fun one. Like I said, for Florida, this is more definitely more important for them. And for Alabama, though, I think this game, if you lose, it hurts in the aspect that 
you're not as good as everyone's hyped you up to be in the first two weeks of the season. But I think that's really about where it stops because you know at some point Saban's going to get these boys boys right. They're going to get their act together. If like I said, if they lose this game, and they'll compete later on in the year for a spot. So for them, I think for Alabama, it's important because you want to see the team continually get better, play against good competition, win road games like this. That'll help help you out later on during the year. But for them, like I said, it doesn't hurt them as bad if they do lose this game. But ultimately, I think it's going to come down to which defense can create a momentum play and just whatever team's going to have good field position to start out. If you know you don't want to be backed up in your own end zone and having to be punted out of your own end zone, so whichever teams I think can get you know create good field position can be able to possibly create turnovers and get good field position, I think is going to be key because Florida, you don't want to have to drive 80 yards down the field against the Alabama defense. And if you're Alabama and you're getting good field position against Florida, you're, you know, you're in a good position. So ultimately I think this is going to come down to that, but teams that have been there and teams that you trust, I think is the one I'm going to go with. So with Alabama, they've been here, they've done it before and I don't expect anything different this weekend. So I got Alabama winning 38 to 27 and I expect them to come out of, come out of there with the win out of the swamp be a good game for for this Alabama team to have under their under their belt for the rest of this rest of this year it'll look good especially on their resume um so with that said this is our week three show our preview and prediction show for college football I hope you enjoyed it if you're looking for more on it and want to see what our rank you know what our predictions are on these games again and just want to be able to read it and look a little more into depth we have our preview and predictions article out it's on the website at therevolutionsports.com if you're looking just to get updates on the game and stuff of stuff of that aspect please follow our social media pages we'll have we'll be posting the results from big games like these all day so make sure you're following that so you can get those updates and don't miss any of the action so with that said hope everyone enjoyed today's episode we'll see y'all monday and have a good weekend